Odd Trails contains adult language and content. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show. Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. This happened in the American Southwest to my parents while on vacation. They stopped at a spot along their travel route to get some food and talked to a young local who worked there. He told them about this box canyon that was on the way to their next stop. For those of you that don't know, a box canyon is characterized by being narrow, having high vertical walls, and a flat bottom. To hear my mom tell it, He described the canyon with an almost spiritual reverence, saying that it was incredibly beautiful and had superb acoustics. He loved playing his guitar out there. My folks liked doing stuff off the beaten path, so they decided to pay a visit. The canyon seemed to be quite isolated. There were no buildings of any kind around it for miles. By the time they parked their car and made it to the canyon's entrance, the sun was starting to go down. They said they seemed to be the only ones there, with no parked cars other than their own. They made their way into the canyon. After the fact, my parents both said that they separated without speaking of it, starting to feel a touch of unease, not totally unreasonable as it was starting to get dark, and the canyon walls pressed close on either side. Despite this feeling, they continued on until they heard the noise. My parents reported the nature of this noise differently. When I ask them to describe it, their faces sort of scrunch up. Maybe they're just uncertain. My dad says it sounded like a person, possibly a man, speaking a low, single word that he didn't understand. My mom says that it didn't really sound like a word of any kind to her, just a strange, deep noise that rang out from somewhere nearby above them. It was accompanied by a brief, intense flash of pale light. Neither of them knew what it was or where precisely it had come from, but they were both immediately filled with dread and an overwhelming desperation to get out of that canyon. They turned around and booked it back to their car. As they exited the dark canyon, my mom described feeling certain that there was something chasing them. She thought that when they got to their car, they would find it sabotaged. Thankfully, that was not the case, and they were able to get in and speed away down the empty road. My mom said that she didn't feel safe until they had been driving for a while, still having the panicked but totally unsupported notion that they were being pursued. When they finally spoke of it to each other, They weren't able to make any real sense of what happened. Neither one of them had a theory. This is probably dull as far as spooky encounters go, 
but neither of my parents have a history of weird encounters or of telling tall tales. So it unnerves me to see them both get so re-creeped out by the mere memory of this incident. I am an 18-year-old male from Southern Europe, and I am increasingly thinking that I am either mentally unwell or my house has some unwanted visitors. My house was never normal. There were always instances and happenings that scared me as a child and led me to develop severe night terrors for a long period, from around 9 to 15 years old. These ranged from seeing or hearing weird things to full-on physical contact with something that seemingly wasn't there. For instance, I would often feel a weird force stroking my hair or touching my leg when I was sleeping in my bed. I always brushed it off as my imagination, until a few months ago, when the activity increased significantly. It first started with weird smoke clouds that appeared in my house for seemingly no reason. After that, I was yelled at by a strange, parrot-like voice, although it was much deeper, and it came from the woods around my house. After this event, the woods' ambiance began to darken. After a few unusual instances, they became outright hostile to my presence. When I show up, the birds stop singing. I hear twigs cracking and breaking at times when no one else is in the woods with me. And I sometimes see a black, non-humanoid shadow peering at me from the bushes. Following this, the activity in my house intensified. For context, I sometimes spend entire weeks alone in my house for various reasons and usually have friends over to pass the time. This time... Even they witnessed unexplainable events. On the first night, there were four of us in total, chatting in the yard late at night. We were all sober, since nobody had drugs, and there was no alcohol in my house because I couldn't afford it. Around 2.30 in the morning, while outside, I felt a sudden unease and was compelled to look at my roof. Initially, I saw nothing but the feeling persisted. I went inside and called a friend who was aware of the past activity and wouldn't dismiss my concerns. He mentioned that he too felt odd and had seen smoke over the yard's grass. I returned outside with this friend, met the others in the yard, and switched seats to get a better view of my door and roof. As soon as I sat down, I saw a shadowy figure rush towards my door. I chased after it, but found nothing. When I returned outside, I immediately looked up and saw a shadowy, humanoid figure on the roof staring at me. I blinked, and it disappeared. All of this happened on the first night. The following night, I was home alone and heard peculiar noises 
like someone walking heavily up my stairs and doors shutting rather forcefully on the first floor. When I investigated, I found no one. On the third night, more friends came over, totaling eight to ten people. The evening was relatively uneventful until around 8 p.m. when one friend, unaware of my recent experiences, but familiar with older ones, began speaking dismissively about my house and challenged any entities present. Immediately afterward, things started falling in other rooms, lights flickered, and another friend saw the roof man and described him in detail, matching my earlier sighting. On the fourth night, I was alone again. The activity became more aggressive. I heard heavy footsteps outside my room and knocking on my door. That night, I decided to leave. I left the next day. And while the activity hasn't ceased, it has decreased. Does anyone have any advice or words of wisdom to share with me? I appreciate any help I can get. On August 28, 2021, right after 12 a.m., I was in a horrible motorcycle crash. Things get blurry, but I think I was meant to die, or I did. I ended up going to a big motorcycle event with some co-workers as I worked in the industry of bikes back then. For some pretense leading up to this event, I kept seeing the number 666 everywhere. Whenever you say this to someone, you usually sound crazy. My best friend Tay was riding with me prior to this, and we both saw multiple license plates, including a semi with the three-digit plate, 666. Enough for even her to be like, okay, that's weird. Well, back to that night. I was going home after the event, feeling good, and enjoying my G310 after its first service, when things went black. It's odd. One second you're here and the next you're unconscious in this black void. Well, it was more like a bubble. It felt like I was floating in water, but there was no resistance. I felt true peace. I can't even put it into words. Imagine you have the best sleep ever, but times 1,000. I heard distant screams of a woman. Some time passed then, more sirens and walkie-talkies, but closer now, much closer. During this time, it was like I had very little knowledge about me, and I couldn't talk. I felt like a tiny child with no concept of the world or anything. All of a sudden, it felt like my life was tied to an A-10 jet by a really long string, and it flew over and ripped me back to life at a million miles per hour. The movies get it eerily right. I put things together eventually, and they hit me with adrenaline in my thigh. It caused this massive boil-like blood sac thing that popped up while I was in the hospital. I broke my pelvis straight in half and broke my wrist. Before surgery, I was in and out of consciousness. These are the only dreams I remember. 
I walked into this giant, beautiful forest, but it was more like a garden. My ex was there, naked, in a huge, hot spring. Except it wasn't really her. She had black eyes and a strange voice. This thing said to me, You know who I am. Do you like how I look? This was followed up by another dream where I entered that forest again and I remember it saying, Welcome back. This all trips me out more because once I was out of the hospital weeks later and trying to put things together, I found the intersection online. Google Maps shows a pizza joint with a sign that has a phone number on it. This number contained the sequence 666. The intersection was at 666 South Avenue. The area is also known for a certain satanic gang. It all just blows my mind, and the dreams messed me up even more after I put things together. Add in seeing this number prior. I also found a pic of my mileage. I took the picture right before I left the event because it was at 1,111 miles. I might be cursed or on the devil's hit list. Now, for some clarification, I became conscious on the ground when they hit me with the adrenaline pen. Also, the time between the crash and surgery was days. The OR there was always in use because there were a lot of shootings in the area. I managed to be close to one of the trauma hospitals when going down. Now for anyone wondering, PTSD has plagued me since the crash and oftentimes that's how some memories come back. One of the most scarring times was at work. It was months later. I was going back to my job in the motorcycle industry. A bike was getting moved and it looked like it was falling over on me. The memory of seeing the car door inches from my face. It was bad. It all just came flooding back. My husband and I just moved from Florida to Georgia. He has lived in the area before, but I'm new to it. We both work at the same facility, so we drive to and from work together. Well, there's this certain road that we both have to go down. It gives us the creeps. It seems like the world gets darker. Even if it's already pitch black outside, we both swear that it somehow gets even darker. The first time my husband noticed this, he immediately said something about it. This happens every single time we go down this road. Tonight was a little bit scarier than normal during our ride home, to say the least. We had about two and a half miles left on the road, when my husband asks, What the hell is that standing in the middle of the field? I turned to look, and all I could see was a dark figure off in the distance. This was extremely confusing, considering how dark it was, but this figure was darker than the surrounding landscape. Immediately, I felt even more uneasy, and got the feeling that it was waiting for one of us to mess something up. 
just waiting and watching us. I told my husband this feeling, and as I was telling him, he began to speed up, and then put his arm over my chest. He covered the right side of my face and told me not to look back. Then, after about a minute, he told me to focus on the map and give him play-by-plays. During this, my husband, who was a very stoic man, was panicking. I could hear it in his voice. He just kept repeating, Look at the map. Don't look up. You are safe. During this, I started feeling a burning sensation in my right forearm. I told him my arm was burning. Then I opened the mirror light to look at my arm and was astonished when I saw three red scratches running from my wrist to my inner elbow. This was more than concerning, knowing that I didn't cause that scratch. I bite my nails so I don't even have enough nails to cause a scratch. After seeing this, I immediately called attention to it, and my husband turned pale. Honestly, the next three to four minutes were a blur. He got us to the end of the road, turned off, and hightailed it back to our house. Once we turned onto our road, I started to calm down. My husband kept saying, You didn't see anything, and it's okay. Then we turned into our driveway, and my chest felt like it was ripped open. After getting into the house and into our room, I took my shirt off to find three more scratches across my heart. I turned around to look at my husband, and he was just standing there in shock. I had three sets of three scratches on my chest and back. We're terrified. Is someone or something attempting to attach itself to us? What can we do to prevent it? Also, this is one of our main commuting roads, so we can't avoid it without adding another 20 minutes to our drive. Any and all advice is appreciated. This happened when I was in fifth grade. I went with my best friend to her cousin's house for the day. They had a Ouija board that they wanted to play with. Now this was the first time I had ever seen one, so I really didn't know what to think. Nothing seemed too scary. We sat around the board, asked questions for the spirits, and laughed at how stupid it was. It got boring real quick. I don't recall us saying goodbye or doing anything you're supposed to do when taking these boards seriously. One of the cousins felt uneasy, so we all gave up the game and went outside to play in the sprinklers. When we came back into the house to eat, one of the cousins went into the bedroom. We left the board and planchet in there lying on the floor. The cousin found the board face up on the ceiling as if somebody had glued it there. Now they had bunk beds, so one of them climbed up on the top bunk with a broom and tried scraping it off the ceiling, but it wouldn't budge. I don't remember anyone being scared or connecting this to something paranormal. Honestly, at that time, we had no idea what that word even meant. We all definitely thought that it was weird, don't get me wrong, but no one felt scared. After failing to get the board off the ceiling, he gave up, and we searched the room for the planchet, but nothing was found. 
We just went on with the day, leaving the room with the Ouija board stuck to the ceiling. The board did fall off the ceiling on its own in the middle of the night, but the planchet was never found. My friend and I left and went home that evening without a care in the world. That night, I was lying in bed, trying to go to sleep, but I was startled by an image projected onto the back of my eyelids whenever I closed them. I saw black in my periphery and in the middle, it looked like this open doorway with white light shining through. In the doorway stood two men. One was about a foot taller than the other, but both were just solid black masses. They were human-like figures with top hats. I know, the first thing you think of is Hatman, and maybe it was, but I'm not so sure. Now every time I closed my eyes, I would see them. I wasn't scared per se, just intrigued. It's like when you look at the sun for too long, then close your eyes, you can see all these colored specks. The thing was, I was looking into pitch black, then closing my eyes and seeing the same image on my eyelids. For a little info on myself as a kid, I was raised by a single alcoholic mom. So besides taking care of my brother, I was alone most of the time. Yes, I had friends, but my mind was much more developed and different than everyone else's. I was alone in my thoughts. Now, we were very poor, so we didn't have a TV. For indoor fun, I would study the rip-off flashcards that came from the National Geographic magazines. The night in question, before lying in bed, I learned the alphabet backward and then read Moby Dick. Well, I just kept opening and then closing my eyelids to see if the image would go away. I thought that maybe my eyes were strained from either writing the alphabet or reading the flashcards under my sheets. I wasn't scared, but I remember thinking, well, this is the way things are now. I guess I just have to get used to it. I then fell asleep. The next day, I woke up like nothing happened and went to school. I had a normal day. When bedtime came, I closed my eyes. I saw the two men on my eyelids again. The same ones from the night before. That night, I was more annoyed than anything. Questions ran through my head. Does everyone see something when they're trying to sleep? Or are they there when I blink too? Again, I just kind of welcomed the new part of growing up, even though I was annoyed. Now, this started in fifth grade and lasted until sixth. I specifically remember going to bed one night and not seeing anything and thinking, wow, it's over. I thought it would last forever. It was in my middle school years that I became fascinated with the paranormal. I remembered this and I realized it was definitely not normal. I always like to discount all options before concluding paranormal activity, but it irks me more that the event with the Ouija board happened the same day that it started. Maybe something was trying to attach to me, but it couldn't. Maybe because I was more intrigued and annoyed than scared. This isn't the only glimpse I had into otherworldly happenings, though. Before the Ouija board, I saw things in the woods demonic entities. I even stumbled upon a curse that continues to follow me.
This is a long story, but I swear it's 100% true and told exactly as it happened. So about three years ago, I was living with my mom for about a year after a relationship breakdown with an ex. I hadn't had anything like this happen to me before, but I have had quite a few paranormal experiences. Some backstory for context. Since the age of about 10, I used to see what I will call a woman periodically throughout my childhood and into my teens. I'd always see her out of the corner of my eye, peering around walls or door frames, and she would just watch me. When I was younger, it used to freak me out, but I spoke to my mom about it, and she said it's probably just someone watching over me. So that's what I believed for a very, very long time. Especially since this woman had never made me feel scared, threatened, or done anything besides poke her head around corners and watch me. No one else ever saw her, and as soon as I'd turn my head to try and see her, she would disappear. I'd turn away again and sure enough, a head would appear out of the corner of my eye again. This happened for about 12 years, with no real routine. Sometimes I'd see her twice in a week, then I wouldn't see her for six months. Then I'd see her maybe once a month, and then not again for another year or so. I don't really remember, but it was always the same, just her watching me. It's also worth noting that this happened in multiple houses and places where I've lived. Flash forward to 2021, during the height of the pandemic. I had split up from my girlfriend and moved back in with my mom for about a year. I don't remember how long I'd been there at the time this happened, but it sure as hell made me get my own place a lot quicker. Like a lot of people, I tend to sleep on my stomach with one arm under my pillow. I've never slept on my back. I've never even woken up on my back, always on my stomach or side. So anyway, one night, I went to sleep as normal. I also always keep my bedroom door shut. But then, I suddenly woke up. Instantly, I could tell something was up. Because I'm lying on my back, half propped up on my pillows, almost as if I had fallen asleep reading a book or something. My arms were at my side, and the first thing I saw was my bedroom door wide open. I'm already confused as to why I'm awake and why my bedroom door is open. Then, as my eyes adjusted, I could see a figure standing in my doorway, with its back to the kitchen. As soon as I looked at it, it moved to the right, as if heading towards the front door in the living room. Immediately, I started to feel my heart rate rise, because did I really just see something? As I'm sitting there processing everything that's happening, and the off feeling I had, this thing slowly comes back into view and is now standing directly in my doorway, watching me. Now, I don't know how I knew, but my brain instantly made the connection to what I'd seen growing up, and I knew this was the same thing I'd seen watching me when I was younger. Except now I felt scared. I felt threatened. 
I couldn't focus on what the body of this woman or thing looked like, because all I could notice was the dark yellow eyes it had. Now, given it was dark and I usually wear glasses, the fact I could even see the color of its eyes really brought me to attention. I have never felt primal fear before this moment. I've heard and read stories about people saying they experienced primal fear and just assumed it was another level of scared. I've never been so wrong. I felt like prey. I honestly felt like I was about to die. That's when I started crying. Silently, though. I couldn't make any noise. It just wasn't coming out. I couldn't move either. People I've told this experience to say it was sleep paralysis, but I know for a fact that it wasn't. So as I'm trying to shout for my mom and nothing but air is coming out, this thing starts walking or floating, I'm not even sure, but it made its way into my room. It made the ten feet from the doorway to my bed and then moved around to the far side of my bed. I must have had some wrappers or something on the floor because I could hear it rustling the plastic or stepping on whatever was on the floor. I'm still pretty much paralyzed and crying with fear at this point. This thing stood on the left side of my bed and just watched me. The reason I know this wasn't sleep paralysis is because I managed to roll onto my side, facing away from whatever was now standing next to my bed, and I laid there for maybe three to five minutes before I blacked out, although it felt much longer. People wake up from sleep paralysis, not black out. That's the last thing I remember before waking up like usual. On my side, bedroom door closed, and daylight coming through my curtains. Everything felt normal. Now obviously I had trouble sleeping for about two weeks, terrified about seeing that woman again. But as soon as I started to forget about it, and started sleeping regularly again, I was randomly awoken again one night. This time was different, because I woke up on my stomach, in the recovery position, how I'd normally sleep. I was in a deep sleep, had been asleep for hours, but my immediate reaction as soon as I opened my eyes was to look over my shoulder behind me. I saw a face, inches from mine, shoot back into the darkness. I just rolled over and went back to sleep because I didn't want to deal with whatever it was. I don't know if it was the same thing that walked into my room a couple of weeks ago, but whatever it was made my natural instincts kick in. I woke up and looked for danger. I must have felt whatever it was right next to me, and as soon as I saw it, it just backed away into the darkness. I haven't seen that demon or had anything similar happen since. I'm hoping that whoever or whatever has been watching me since I was ten got as close as it wanted to and has decided to leave me alone. It's been roughly two years since this happened, so I'm praying that whatever it was stays away.
happy 100th episode. Right back at you, babe. It's been fun. I can't believe it's already been 100 episodes. I feel like that, actually, no, it's because it has gone by <laughs> longer than one year. <laughs> I'm sleepy. Uh, yeah, one episode a week, a little over a year. Uh, so have you learned anything important in 100 episodes of the strange and paranormal? Uh, definitely. Never mess with Ouija boards, demons are real, and mm. perhaps 666 really is an evil number, according to our motorcycle pal from this story. But most of all, I've learned about the value of friendship and love. What about you? Well, <laughs> definitely the value of friendship and love, <laughs> mostly through our outros here. Um, right. I've always had an aversion to 666. I avoid it at all costs. Interestingly enough, in California, we don't actually have an exit number 666 on Interstate 5. That's right. It jumps up from 665 to 667. Even our good friends at Caltrans wanted nothing to do with that number. Yeah. Another fun fact is it's actually considered an angel number, a sign of good things to come, but obviously not always. I thought that was interesting because I always associated 666 with the devil, but no, it's an angel number. I guess since, you know, Satan was a fallen angel, I could see that somehow getting confused, but I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I subscribe to the book of revelations, honestly. Yeah. I actually found a number of instances posted online where people have avoided using that number mm -hmm. on Reddit. I found a parking lot that skipped from six, six, five to six, six, seven. There was even a story about these people who were trying to sell a house with the address 666 on it, and it would not sell. They changed it up and apparently sold it pretty quickly after that. Yeah, and there's a lot of places that omit a 13th floor in buildings as well. Look at the elevator numbers. You'll be surprised at how many actually don't have a 13th floor. There's a venue in Salt Lake City that puts on like the hardcore punk shows called 666 State Street. And it, it does well, but I can only get karate chopped so many times in the face. But yep. <laughs> there's this headstone at a cemetery pretty close to me that belongs to a woman named Lily E. Gray. She passed away in the late 50s, I want to say. And her headstone says, Victim of the Beast 666. Ooh. Yeah. I can't say I'd ever want to even live on 666 Sesame Street. <laughs> Yeah. Not a fan of it. Not a fan. <laughs> Me neither. I don't know what happened to her, though. That's probably a good question to ask. I don't know what happened. Yeah, something supernatural or bad really happened to her. But I don't even want to talk about it anymore, if I'm going to be honest. No, I feel gross. It gives me the creeps. Yeah. Well, I hope our motorcycle pal is doing okay now. It was interesting that he saw his ex in the dream or something that took on the form of his ex. It mm -hmm could mean a lot maybe it was his brain's way of attaching familiarity to something unknown maybe her altered features represent fear unresolved emotions past traumas related to her. It, it could be anything i don't want to play psychologist too much obviously yeah <laughs> the black eyes are so deceptive there's this uncanniness that seems to always test our will mm -hmm. i think it's just another creepy appearance from one of our scariest entities the mimic i'd want to be a mimic if i could be any household entity it'd be mimic just throwing that out there yeah what about you um if i could be any household entity yeah it would probably just be a poltergeist because i want to play pranks on people why not yeah why not 
Oh, back to the highway number lore. Did you know that on Highway 95 in Idaho, they changed the mile marker sign from 420 to 419.9 <laughs> to obviously keep people from stealing it? I didn't know that. Honestly, that would just make me want to steal the sign even more. Yeah, exactly. Because Not even because the sign is kind of cool and interesting, but just to spite their efforts and show them there's yeah. nothing they can do to committed sign stealers. We are organized. Yeah, there's a union of us. Mm -hmm. But as much as I love me some occasional chaos, a lot of the stories we feature seek out some sort of guidance or advice. And while we don't usually do that because we aren't professionals, I figured it wouldn't hurt to at least throw some ideas out there. And I guess if it does hurt, this is our disclaimer saying that you can't sue us. Yeah, you can try, but our lawyers are better than the Church of Scientology's, so don't bother. <laughs> yeah. So naturally, the first piece of advice is to seek out a professional as soon as possible. Otherwise, you're just going to jump to conclusions and then your nerves are going to get worked up. You're going to get anxious. You're going to get caught in a loop. It's no fun. Right. And not even necessarily a paranormal investigator, at least not right off the bat. Yeah, if we're going strictly by odds and probability, there's a higher chance of there being a non-paranormal explanation for whatever you're experiencing. And that's not to dismiss any of the experiences that you've shared with us, of course. No, not at all. We want to believe we're on your team. My personal line of defense would be to start with a doctor, therapist, or even a home inspector, mm -hmm. the kind that checks out a house before it's sold. Just tell them every minor discrepancy you're having with the house and they might just find the cause of those bumps in the night. Maybe even a little disappointed if you were hoping to become best friends forever with Hatman. That'd be so heartbreaking. You get all worked up only to find out the little rascals have been living in your attic. The hat man has just been two kids in a trench coat looking for some apple juice. <laughs> kids in the attic. Uh, speaking of lawyers. <laughs> all right. Well, lawyers will probably like the second one. Yes, they will. And that is to document everything. Mm -hmm. So maintain a journal of some sort and write down any strange occurrences with the dates, times, locations, all of that, you might be able to identify some kinds of patterns and narrow things down. It really helps to have all that information if you do eventually consult some kind of professional. Bingo. I'll wrap it up with some bullet points. Be safe. If you can, consider finding somewhere else to stay if it feels malevolent. Mm. Research the home's history. You can ask neighbors about any haunted rumors or Get public records online and from the county clerk's office. See who lived there before you. Spy on them. That's good. Yeah. And finally, trust your gut. Yeah. If you feel like you need to do something for your safety, do it. Yep. That's the same lesson we learn every single week on Let's Not Meet too. Always trust mm -hmm. your gut. There is a supernatural, paranormal, or otherworldly gift that we all have. And it's our gut. We just call it our gut, our instinct, our intuition. It's real. I, <laughs> it's real. Trust me. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for listening and have a happy, safe Halloween. This week you have heard Creepy Canyon by Irk Allen. Weird Happenings Around My House by Ecstatic Scene 3807. I Think I Died in a Motorcycle Crash by National Simp. I Think a Demon Paid Me a Visit by Here for Horror. Eyelid Shadow Men by No Name Maddox, and finally, Am I Being Followed or Targeted by a Demon by Brina S. 
All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. Make sure you send your stories to stories at oddtrails.com if you want to hear them on the show. And if you want to get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes at a higher bit rate for the best listening experience, head over to patreon.com forward slash oddtrails to sign up and support the show today. Finally, don't forget to check out the new episodes of my other podcasts. Let's Not Meet, a true horror podcast, Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, and the old-time radio cast, all at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe. Peace out. Don't let the ghosts and the ghouls disturb you, darling.